This is Ethan, and I'm here with Dave, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Bonus episode, 23 centimeter. On this episode, we review the late show at the Paramount Theater in Seattle, Washington on Saturday, August 17th, 2019. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al Podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al Podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Two shows, one day, absolutely amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was the first time on this tour that there were two shows on the same day, and only one of two times that it's going to happen the whole tour. And I think this is only the second time I've actually seen a show twice on one day. I've seen them do several shows twice on one day. It's always weird because they always like seem like they're two different days to me, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like I woke up this morning and I was like, oh, it's Saturday. Okay, cool. I'm going to go see Weird Al. <laughs> and I get to Weird Al. I see the concert. And then I'm like, okay, cool. All right, it's Saturday. I'm going to go see Weird Al. Wait a minute. I feel like I've just done this. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, you've only been in town for literally since yesterday morning and I've already seen three Weird Al concerts. I've been in since Thursday. It feels like I've been in Seattle for a week. I know. I feel like I'm like, oh my God, I've been here forever. I'm it's like, nuts. <laughs> it's weird. So it's kind of interesting because we're not going to talk about what happened before the show because that would be the 22nd centimeter. <laughs> <laughs> we, we did leave our listeners with a cliffhanger. We Remember, did. We did. We said, who was our special guest that joined us for dinner at Dragonfish? That's right, and... We actually had two special guests. I don't remember if we said we had one or two special guests. We had two special guests. I don't remember. I mean, I know that we just recorded it, but I already forgot. I think I was falling asleep. I just chugged a couple Red Bulls, so let's get this uh, show on the road. We do want to thank Frank for running out at like 3 a.m. in the morning and getting us Red Bulls. Yeah, well, you know, he came back with the regular Red Bull, and I prefer the sugar-free Red Bull, so he came back... But he got the 12-ounce cans, and I really just prefer the flavor of the 8.3-ounce cans. So thanks, Frank. Thank you. We can always send them back out. Oh, I did. Okay. I good. did. Okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, the gas station he got it from is closed. I just got a text from him. He's all the way back in New York. Wow. <laughs> trying to get these for me. Hey, that's his job. Yeah, have so. him stop by uh, Texas and see if he can pick up uh, some pizza. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be nice. Maybe he can swing by Texas on the way <laughs> to get that pizza. So I feel like our listeners are, are just like they're boiling over with excitement. <laughs> so let's say we were very thrilled to be joined at lunch by super fan Kenneth Gwynnup and his yes. wife, Aaron. And Kenneth, of course, we've known for so long, and he's up there. He's in the upper echelon of people who just have amazing Weird Al collections. And in addition to that, he's just an amazingly awesome guy. So any time that we can spend with him is just very special to us. So it was great to see him. And we got to meet his wife, Erin, who is, you know, it's always cool. You meet someone who's really special and amazing, and then you meet their spouse, and they are also special and amazing. It's like, how do these people find each other? Yeah, well, <laughs> two great people. I mean, of course, you know, we did see a Kenneth, you know, on yesterday's show, right, Friday, right? right? And this, again, so it was cool to see him. But we didn't really have a lot of time to sit down and talk. This time we had some good time yeah. to sit down and yeah. just talk with Kenneth about Weird Al. And it and was just... He had a, a suit coat, and underneath he had a, a solid, bright, 
white, yellow, dare to be stupid shirt. Yeah. Uh, a custom shirt, and it had the dare to be stupid symbol, like on Al and the band's costumes. And then he had an enamel pin of yes. that on his... Um, on his little blazer. Yeah, his blazer. Was, oh, my so God. Awesome. It was so cool. And the shoes he was wearing, too. The checkered shoes. Oh, yeah. The checkered shoes. Yeah. It, that, it was just so cool. He really knows how to <laughs> dress up for a Weird Al concert. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if we talked about it in, in 22, but I was wearing all black. I was wearing a black shirt with black ink on it, so you could barely even make out. It was, Of course, it was our podcast right. shirt. And then I was wearing black shorts, black shoes, black socks. It was very stealthy of me. But, yeah, I, I loved his outfit. I thought that was so great. We basically finished up our dinner. We headed. It was, like, right across the street from the theater, maybe a block away. Yeah, it was over. very convenient. We walked over, and we went in, and we ran into... Javier in the lobby and Fred in the lobby, right? Yeah. We kind of got another reunion of super fans that we kind of got to hang out <laughs> in the lobby and chat, which is really a lot of fun. And we eventually ran into JW yes. in the lobby. And then we got to see Hawkeye, which was great. And I've actually never met... I've never personally met Hawkeye. I mean, I've uh, obviously seen him a lot, and I've I've been backstage when he's been backstage. It's never, you know, I've never talked to him, so it was really cool to meet him. We, we were able to give him the shirt we got him, and he was just great. We did ask him a very important question. Yeah, we did. We, we, we did <laughs> ask him a very important question about the liquid that Al drinks in... <laughs> Yes. Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah, so I you know, I introduced myself and I, I told him about the podcast. I told him how we do these, you know, bonus episodes and I said the thing that excites me most <laughs> reporting on every bonus episode is the color of the drink you bring Al. <laughs> <laughs> he thought that was very funny. <laughs> and he did he did ask us, he said, But I where do I get those drinks from? <laughs> and he never gave us <laughs> He the never answer. told us where he got them from. <laughs> he, he wouldn't tell us. <laughs> I did ask him if he ever tried to spike any of them with vodka, and he said no. However, <laughs> uh, there was one. There was that one show at the Hard Rock Live in Orlando where the bartender actually made them a hurricane, which had vodka in it. So Al didn't drink that, <laughs> but he was more than happy to, to finish that off for Al. <laughs> so it was it was orange then? I assume <laughs> that night. That was before you were tracking the drinks. That was before I was tracking the drinks. That was yes. in the dark ages of the <laughs> centimeter. That episodes. was before Ethan turned me on to how important it was. <laughs> to, to, to track drink colors. <laughs> yeah, oh, but it was, was, it was cool because it was also, I mean, I've met Hawkeye like in passing, but I've never really sat in or talked yeah, you had a conversation for, with for him. For a couple minutes. So it's always been kind of, oh, hey, Hawkeye, how you doing? You okay? And, yeah. he's, and he's always, always incredibly busy, you know, like, oh, like yeah. doing like a he's million a stage things. manager. So it was kind of cool that he actually, because uh, everything was already set up on stage and this is now the third show that they're doing. <laughs> kind of get that, some downtime. had some downtime to actually be able to, to sit and, or not sit, but stand and talk with us. So it was really cool. And of course, JW was there. Him and JW were joking. Well, let's just do a couple more shows yeah. while we're here. <laughs> let's see how many shows we can do in 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> and for those of you who are not familiar with who Hawkeye is, he's the guy, obviously, who comes out on stage, but for years, he's been touring with Al, so, you yeah. know, when he would do... He would do uh, Ode to Superhero. Ode to Superhero. He was the guy who came out and held Al's harmonica. And I feel like there was another song that he would always come And he was always come out. He was also Santa Claus. 
Right, right. Yes. In During uh, fat, fat. Yes. he would come out and get punched, <laughs> get punched. and <laughs> all the Tic Tacs would fly out <laughs> and look like teeth. Yeah, and he's such a funny guy. And he's a guy you always see. He's running on stage, putting the stool down for the song yeah. to begin. Yeah. You, you, if, you've been, you know, he's, if you've been to a concert, you know, you, you will you've recognize he, Yeah, you've, you've seen, seen him. Hawkeye. You've absolutely seen him. Yes. So that was awesome. We were not sitting together. What was kind of interesting is, I don't know when you got to your seat, but... Well, we were still out in the lobby, and we heard the orchestra warming up, right? So it was basically like, oh, my God, scramble, gather, gather all of our stuff, and like ran to our seats. And as we're walking down the aisle, Jackie and I, to get to our seats, we can hear the orchestra warming up. And I hear Eric kind of walking out, and I see, okay, we're in row P, and I see there's two people, like, we're seats three and four, so there's two people in seats one and two, and I'm like, I'm so sorry to do this, I gotta get to that seat. <laughs> you know, and they're like, okay, why did you just, like, show up at, like, right as the show started? Where were you? Right. But I don't know if we kind of annoyed them, but they were interesting uh, couple that we were sitting next to, and I'm just gonna say that they didn't seem like they were really enjoying the show, so I'm oh. not sure why they came out. <laughs> that is weird. That is weird. You know, you'll every once in a while you'll see someone who just somehow happened upon the show. It's like, like I understand for casino shows, sometimes they will give out comp tickets to their high rollers and stuff, and that makes sense, but it's like, a sold-out show, the third <laughs> one in a row in this city. How did you happen upon these seats? Since I might probably forget to mention it earlier, they or later they uh, they did leave like after the Amish vamp. Oh wow! So, so it's they, like okay. So all the lights being off and the orchestra staying on stage didn't clue them into maybe there's some more. <laughs> uh, like, like okay, you know, if you stuck around that long, you might as well stick around to the end. Like Can even you, if you weren't enjoying it, I would be like. But what if they came and they're like, we're only here because we're big Star Wars fans and we just want to see the 501st. <laughs> and then it comes to him saying, you know, at the end of the vamp, or, you know. I can't do no more. Can't do I can't more. do and no like, more. All right. I guess we're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to write a bad Yelp review. Uh, he didn't really play weird. our favorite songs. So I sat the same. It, it was so interesting about seeing the show three times. And I didn't do this on purpose, but the first night I was... Row G. Yep. And I was on Steve's side or Scotty's side. Then the <laughs> second night I was row G and I was in the center. <laughs> and then the last night I was row G. <laughs> or not the last night, the last show I was row G on Jim's side. So <laughs> kind of from the same distance back, three different times I saw the same show in the same venue, three different perspectives. And it was awesome. It was, it was really, I couldn't have planned that better. <laughs> it was really cool getting to see it from the different angles. And I feel like I heard different things, you know, different aspects maybe are weighted to the left or the right speakers. I don't know. It seemed like I heard more flourishes and I felt like I could hear Jim better. So I don't know if that was just a coincidence, but... It was cool. One thing, I mean, it was an absolutely, absolutely amazing symphony orchestra that was performing there. They were really, really good, really tight. But it was really cool to hear them do, like, I felt like as good as they were on that first show on Friday, they improved oh, yeah. for the second show this afternoon. Each and show was a rehearsal was, for this was one. like, sounded even better. <laughs> it was so cool. It was like they got, they were amazing to begin with, and then they got better as they performed on. So it was almost like, hey, any chance you guys are going to like maybe go to yeah. Vancouver? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think we mentioned this, but we did see Bermuda briefly at the bus 
Maybe I'm mixing up when it was because we saw two shows today. <laughs> but I thought it was after the first show today. We saw Bermuda by the bus, and he was telling someone that he was very impressed by the orchestra. So I don't know if you remember when that happened, but <laughs> I do remember Bermuda saying, like, you know, sometimes you go in and, you know, this wasn't the Chicago or, you know, it wasn't the Chicago Symphony. It was, it was you know, yeah, this, it was a group of contracted yeah. musicians. It wasn't a group that normally plays together yeah, necessarily. That, and so he said sometimes that can be hit or miss. And he was just blown away by this orchestra. So that's later on in, in the script. For it this, is for this. episode. Oh, okay. So. All right. Uh, so you've just given someone's a spoiler. alert. <laughs> spoiler. We well, we don't. <laughs> have to talk about earlier we can just say hey remember when we talked about that earlier (laughs) anyway yeah so it was great and again the philo guy was there (laughs) the guy on percussion who looked like philo who we later actually learned is named paul but we'll get to that later (laughs) let's not ruin the ending to this episode (laughs) all right spoiler alert he played yoda at the end Spoiler alert, we went home. Uh, spoiler alert, we are recording this episode. Oh, boy. Spoiler alert, Frank is still out trying to find us the correct Red Bulls. Pick up the pizza. Jeez. Yeah. How hard is it to pick up pizza at 3 a.m. in the morning? I know. So, anyway, Eric Roth was the conductor again. The Raider March, Mission Impossible, Superman, and the Star Wars theme ending theme now i gotta ask you so eric comes out after or he's out there and after superman he says you know all right there'll be one more song and then in a 20 minute intermission and then the audience laughs at that and he goes and then weird al will perform i don't know what is so funny about and then a 20 minute intermission but almost every concert the audience just really cracks up at that (laughs) i think it's the same you know the same way the audience will laugh when they recognize, oh, this is the Superman theme, or oh, this is, you know, Raiders March. I think it's just, it's unexpected, because the people don't realize that there's going to be an intermission. You know, it's just, they expect, you know, it says 8 o'clock showtime, they just expect it's going to start. I mean, that's the only explanation I can think of. I mean, we've talked to Eric independently, and in, in his episode, we will have him on a future episode. Uh, or maybe we'll have aired by the time. This, this is, I'm not quite sure when, when Frank's planning to schedule this one. But at some point, you know, we, we talked to Eric, and uh, we've done an interview with him. And we've talked to him you know, outside of uh, the podcast setting several times by the bus or just in general. He's an incredibly funny guy to talk to. He's, he, he's got he a great is. sense of humor. He is he's, very he's funny. A, he's a great, wonderful, wonderful guy, just somebody you want to hang out with and just kind of talk to. Yep. Maybe it's just the way he's delivering that, that line that, that <laughs> just is cracking people up. But I'm like, it's kind of, you know, I know it's coming that, okay, there's a 20-minute intermission. Right. But I don't find, you know, Maybe it's the way he says it, but I just like like it's really weird. It's like I hear people just like cracking up at that. It's like like they told like you know the greatest joke in the world. <laughs> it's really weird. So one thing I noticed about this is Eric referred to it. He said usually he says you know we have one more orchestra only piece or one more orchestra only selection. You know then he goes yeah. into the intermission now. But for this show he said the orchestra only warm up selection and huh. him saying warm up seemed different to me and i wonder if that was intentional or if he just you know i mean i guess technically it's a warm-up but you know i i don't well keep in mind this orchestra's been warming up since (laughs) since friday Friday evening so (laughs) they were probably tired of warming up by by this point (laughs) but i just thought it was interesting that he said it was warm-up 
because I mean, it could be interpreted different ways. Like, oh, they're warming up, or it's just like the opening act or warm up act. Yeah. You know, it's just yeah. different ways you can do that. Then during intermission, was there anything of note? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have anything of note because I actually. Uh, stayed in our seats because I didn't want to bother the people who were so upset <laughs> that they had to move to let us sit down. Jackie and I just sat in our seats and just were kind of anticipating the start of the show. I ended up running to the bathroom and anytime, I don't know, I'm sure you've experienced this, but whenever there's a line for a men's room, the guys in line, we always just look at each other and just kind of laugh about it because Usually it's the ladies' room that has a, a long line, <laughs> and it's not. I mean, there's nothing inherently funny about it, but 100% of the time that I've waited in line for a bathroom for a men's room, one of us makes a joke like about it. Like it's just like <laughs> I don't know why. I think it's just tradition at this point, and it's just like. <laughs> well, we learned if you do something twice, it's a tradition. That's right. <laughs> and if you don't do it twice, then the tradition is that you don't do it. Ah. <laughs> Everything's a tradition. <laughs> I wanted to mention one other thing. When I was going to, when we split up, when I was going to my seat at the beginning of the show, yeah. I had purchased a Red Bull. And <laughs> you know, there was still a little bit left. I had only taken a couple sips. And the guy's like, oh, I'll show you where your seat is. And he's like, but you're going to have to finish the Red Bull before we go in. And I started hearing the you know orchestra starting. So it was like, I just downed the entire can. <laughs> oh, boy. And the guy's like, you're a legend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're only like eight ounces. I mean, it's, not, it's not like I chugged a gallon of Red Bull, but it was just really funny. The guy was... So <laughs> they call a you a legend because you chugged the Red Bull or because he recognized you as one of the hosts of Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al podcast? Yeah, maybe he didn't recognize me until he saw me chug that Red Bull. And then he's like... <laughs> That's a real Ethan of Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast move. Well, you know the original <laughs> the original caricature that Kelly Phillips drew for us did have you chugging a Red Bull. Which, right. Which, so we'll almost use that for our caricature. Yeah, actually, that's why I have that hand signal. That's how I hold Red Bull cans. <laughs> it's really impressive. Next time, if anybody is coming out to a show and they see Ethan and they would like to see him hold a Red yeah, Bull buy can, me, buy, buy me, him a Red Bull buy and me he will Sugar-free show you Red exactly Bull. how how he holds a Red Bull, and it's it's absolutely amazing. You've got to see it in person. Yeah, you can't imagine it, and I would show you right now, Dave. But <laughs> Frank's still not back. <laughs> okay, so after intermission, uh, we'll go into Beethoven's Fifth yep. and the Fun Zone medley. Oh, not the Fun Zone medley, <laughs> the Fun Zone song. Like, are you at the same show I was at? I, was, I don't remember a Fun Zone. I wrote medley. medley under Fun Zone. I just I read it too quick. I don't know if we mentioned this about we gave Jim our shirt. And he said, hey, I'm totally going to wear this on stage sometime. And we're like, hey, where, you know, on a show that we're going to be at. That'd be really cool to see you wearing our shirt on stage. And he's like, I'm going to wear it tonight. So then we were so excited. We're like, oh, my God, Jim's going to wear our shirt. And And he didn't. Oh. Well, we don't know that for a fact. He He could have worn it underneath his other black shirt that he was wearing. Yeah, because he did have... The cool jacket, which it was not there for the early show. Cool jacket was back. Yes, the cool jacket was the back. The jacket was be, back. It might just be an evening jacket. It could be an evening jacket. That it was the first 2 p.m. show we saw. So, <laughs> good call, Dave. Could be a tradition. He doesn't wear them during, during right. 2 p.m. shows. That's right. Yeah, well, he's got one more 2 p.m. show to make it a tradition. <laughs> and uh, again, Steve was not wearing any headphones. I'm glad we're still pointing that out after, after all these episodes. Yes, yes. 
there's one thing I noticed, uh, you know, if you remember way back to an early centimeter, I was talking about those plastic sound guards that they put around Bermuda and the orchestra to kind of better manage the mix of the sound. And I was talking about how smudgy they were. <laughs> and I was really admiring tonight how smudge-free they were. Wow. And so I'm wondering, did they hear our podcast and say, oh, maybe we should clean those? Or do you think they just cleaned them, you know, someone else noticed or see, I don't know. See, there's several other things that happen on stage that coincidentally happen as soon as we mention it on the podcast. That's right. So I'm always saying that this is a direct result of Dave Nathan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, the fact that now they clean those plexiglass batteries. We need to ask someone about that. I'm curious. I don't think we need to ask. I think it's obvious. It, okay. It is, it is exactly because of Dave Nathan's Yeah, regardless of their answer, we know the real answer. Right. But it would be interesting to see how they play it if we asked them. Because I'm sure they don't want to give us credit. I'm impressed that after <laughs> three shows of people walking by and probably putting their fingers all over that, that it was it clean. Yeah, I mean, they must. I wrote it down because I was. It's the first time I noticed that it was just like it was crystal clear and magnified. Yeah, <laughs> Robert De Niro's nose, <laughs> mole. He mole. was That's not his nose. It's got to be ten feet wide. It was. Yeah, it was great. Al said that you know last time he had played in Seattle. Nope, that was after the medley. Well, I thought we were done with the medley. We didn't talk about the medley. Okay, talk about the medley. There was the medley. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have to say the, the songs of the medley. Started with Why, a, you think they've changed? Well, what if someone is only listening to episode 23? They don't know which medley songs he played. Okay. I didn't write down the medley song, so... I, I didn't either. Better. Oh, no, we're never going to remember. <laughs> it, I, so, of course, <laughs> he starts out with I Lost on Jeopardy. Then he does I Love Rocky Road. Then he does, like a surgeon. Then he said, <laughs> it's great to be back in Seattle. <laughs> Last time you played here was four and a half hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> and then for the intro of Twine Ball, he said, Seattle's famous for many things, I'm assuming. <laughs> Which is so interesting that Al said something completely different each of the three shows in yes, Seattle. he did. You'd think that he would have just, you know, come up with one joke, but he really, he, I don't know if he did that for us. Maybe he knew that we would talk about it in the podcast. It's clear <laughs> that, of course, he did that for us. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're I right. Mean, it's obvious that, you know, when they listen to Dave Nathan's 2000 Inch Weird Out podcast bonus centimeter episodes, they take their ideas out of there and they incorporate them into <laughs> the show. Do you think that they listen to our episodes and they take notes for the differences in our episodes? Yes. The same way that we take notes for the differences in their shows? We do know that Al and people in Al's crew do listen to the show, so I do think that I don't they, know that they listen to centimeter episodes, but there have been there some have been, indications that they do. Yes. So I, I think it's... Ergo, uh, the plastic guards. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. So somebody is at least relaying this information to them, and they're acting upon it, and it's all because of Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. That's right. We're changing the world one Weird Al show at a time. We're doing our best. <laughs> So I did I did hear the car horn. It was very faint. It was very faint. Yeah, I did even hear though, it too. Yeah. Even though the, I was closer and I felt I could hear better on the gym side, it still was faint. It was very faint, but I did hear it. So it was there. 
Are you done with the biggest ball? Because I, I no, I ask you a question. No, I have a couple more okay, things well, on Twine Ball. I'll, I'll ask you the question when you're done. So we talked about, I, I don't remember if it was on 22 or 21, where you talked about the lights for Twine Ball. And I said, oh, those are just circles within circles. And I need to take that back. They are different. I was looking yeah. specifically, and it is different. And I think it is a Twine Ball. That's Yes, it, it is I, a Twine I, Ball. It is. And I, I thought it was just a coincidence. But no, I think it's a Twine it Ball. It is a Twine Ball. It's absolutely um, amazing. I, I, I love the effect that, that you see this Twine Ball just scroll by the sides yes. the, on the theater. And it's but, really, really, really amazing. So, so that being said, there is a different song where there is the circles within circles. So they have different yes. things, which is you know, amazing. Like you'd think they would reuse it, but they don't. They have new things for every song pretty much. So the other thing I wanted to talk about is something about the Twine Ball song in general. Something that I never really thought about. There's a lot of things in Weird Al stuff that fans kind of latch onto. Spatulas, uvulas, (laughs) the number 27. And one thing, you know, and sometimes those have just like kind of minor references or sometimes it can be a real minor reference in a song, but you know, fans will talk about it and kind of latch onto it. And I was thinking about the lyrics to this song, Twine Ball, yep. and there are two times that are mentioned in the song, 639 and 737. And I've never once, you know, looked at a watch or a clock and seen 639 and thought to myself, oh, just like in Twine Ball. So I'm wondering if you've ever had that experience where you're you like you see that six thirty nine and thought of twine ball or seven thirty seven and thought of twine ball. No, I mean I've may have thought of those times, but I've never really said, "Oh my God, it's seven thirty seven Yeah, because to... it's like if we park in a parking lot and there's numbered spots and we park <laughs> in twenty seven, like we would do that specifically. But it's like, you know, if we looked at a clock and saw it was six thirty nine. You know, I I would turn to you and be like, Dave, it's six thirty nine. So and I, I don't get know the reference. And you uh, get yeah. So I don't think that's a thing. I didn't think that you would think that, and I'd never thought of it until during the show tonight. So I think we should start that. Why is that? Yeah. Well, Dave and Ethan's two thousand inch Weird Al podcast is obviously changing the lives of of how people think about. We're Weird telling Al. you how so, to celebrate Weird Al fandom. So I think that's a great idea. At six thirty nine and seven thirty seven, let's make it a tradition. Yeah, I mean, well, it's also like if you're setting an alarm on your phone, you can set it down to the minute. Like if it's going to be 640, like if you're waking up in the morning at 640, just roll it back a minute. And now you're waking up at a Weird Al time. I love it. I love it too. I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm going to start waking up at 639 now. I'm going to start waking up at 737. I have my alarm set for 635, so I'm going to get an extra four minutes. Hey, that's great. (laughs) (laughs) Or just change it to 737. You'll get an extra (laughs) hour and (laughs) two minutes of sleep. (laughs) It's late. I had to do math in my head. (laughs) Cool. So I'm glad that we decided that. So now you have a question for me. Yes, I do have a question for you. Do notice that uh, this again is uh, up uh, on the video screens. There yes. are images of the twine ball. Yeah. And I did mention how one of them is chained. Uh, right. In a previous episode, right? Right. Well, and you mentioned that at the episode that we just recorded after I had not seen another <laughs> one. So hopefully you're not asking me if I noticed it this time because I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> No, but that's not the question. I, I'm okay. asking you. You do notice that in many of those pictures. 
the twine ball is outside, not under its makeshift pagoda yet. Right. Because right? the makeshift pagoda really wasn't added till later. I'm not exactly sure of if it was added while Francis Johnson was still uh, building it or after he had passed away and they built it to kind of protect the ball at that point. Right. But Minnesota is not necessarily known for its dry, warm weather like something like Las Vegas or Phoenix is, where it only rains once a year or so. It rains a lot in, in Minnesota, and it snows a lot in Minnesota. So this ball was exposed to the weather and the elements. How bad must that ball stink? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think regardless of you know the effects from weather, it's got to stink. That's just, I mean... If you're finding that much twine, you're gonna find twine that touched poop at some point. Like, <laughs> there's no, there's no way around that. You know, someone didn't wash their hands after wiping, and they got it on that twine. Aww. So I, I'm sorry, but that is fact. That is gospel. There has to be poop on that twine ball. Well, that, but that, I would that say that obsessed me now because there is a picture <laughs> of Al hugging the ball. I mean, maybe Al's the one. I, I don't know. Oh, um, no. <laughs> No, but I think that the the real answer is that they must have a tarp. They must have put a tarp on it. I mean, every time, but how they keep it under a tarp, and then whenever someone wants to see it, they take the tarp off. That just seems yeah. But those pictures have you know have the creator in it, so maybe they you know they rolled it out of the barn. You know, they wanted to take a you good picture. You think they can roll that that ball around just in and out of a barn? It's like twenty one thousand one hundred forty pounds. <laughs> Is it of string or of twine? Of you think string. that's because they say of string in the song, but it is a twine ball. They don't say a string ball. Well, aren't they basically the same thing? Well, why isn't it not called the biggest ball of string? Because the song is called the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota, not the biggest ball of string in Minnesota. So they heard Al's song and they're like, "Well, you know, we're not going to call it string. We're going to have to call it twine." Well, obviously, Al wrote the song, sent it to Francis Johnson, and he decided to build the ball to fit the specs of the song. I didn't realize he was such a big Weird Al fan. Yes. That's great. We should interview him sometime. <laughs> Francis Johnson? Yeah. It's not going to be a great interview because he's no longer alive. <laughs> we'll channel him. We'll... <laughs> he's the midnight star. You can use it. <laughs> use the phone lines. Use the phone lines to, to talk to the dead. All right. Well, if Frank can set up that interview, I'm willing to do it. Frank, we will say thank you if you do it. <laughs> That's the only chance you get. So word crimes, I didn't hear anything for nomenclature. I was specifically listening because you asked me to listen for nomenclature, and I also did not hear anything. So I'm so not quite can, sure. Can I can I jump ahead? Sure. You jumped ahead already so many times uh, this episode, true. you might as well. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's germane to, to what we're talking about, though. So... Talking to Lisa Popeil after the show, I mentioned to her that I've been specifically listening for nomenclature because <laughs> she said that she had noticed a special flourish. And I told her I didn't really hear anything or what I was hearing was inconsistent, so maybe I was just imagining it. And she said she's noticed that she herself hasn't <laughs> noticed it. So who knows? We're gonna, I think we're going to have to ask Scott O'Neill or, or Eric about it because... <laughs> so it was something in the orchestration that she heard or it was just... I believe so. Okay. Yeah, I believe so. So whatever it was, she hasn't heard it. Maybe it's only in the 71 piece version. I don't know. Yeah, I'm really curious. Interesting. And I, I am also curious what other little Easter eggs are in the orchestration. We should 
see if we can talk to Scott again. Or, yeah, I would love, uh, to, I would, yeah, I would would love cool. to talk to Scott or try to track down Sean O'Loughlin and, and get either one of them on the podcast just to talk about some of the little details that are in, yeah. the, in the orchestration. Yeah, because now, now that we've heard it, because when we, when we interviewed him before, it was before the uh, tour even started. Right, so now we've actually been able to sit down and hear the songs multiple times yeah. with the orchestra. Yeah, I yeah, would love to... 15 times now. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! 15 times. So then we had the drum solo, yes. which was great. And after the drum solo... Well, I just want to point out uh, yeah. something with the drum solo. As Al is introducing the drum solo, of course, he's yelling out, you know, drum solo as loud as he can. I don't know if you noticed this, and you probably wouldn't have noticed this if we hadn't realized that somebody had mentioned this to us earlier, but Al's voice was kind of raspy, I felt. Like, I could kind of feel just like maybe his voice was getting a little bit strained. And it was a little... It is late in the tour. He was doing three shows in... In right. Two days. Right. So it's understandable, but I did, you know, because I've seen the show 15 times, as you said, and I know what Al sounds like at every point in the show, <laughs> he did sound like his voice was having a little bit of trouble. So I did want to put that out there. I'm sure he's fine. No, people don't. Don't, don't work. Freak don't out. freak out. I didn't notice. So um, I mean, even if some if somebody at your caliber or fandom didn't notice, then that's a good sign for Al. I'm sure I'm the only person, other than <laughs> people, maybe people in the crew who who noticed. But uh, or maybe Al. Al. I'm Al, sure Al's his biggest. Well, he's his own crew. critic. Yeah, that's true. I guess technically. <laughs> <laughs> He he plays the role he does, of he does drive he does drive the crew bus so you know. yeah he does so I I, you know, I guess he's in the crew yeah it, it is weird that they they don't just hire a, a driver no I don't know got to save money where you can yeah I mean it is expensive to, to shoot off those uh, confetti cannons yes we as we learn learned that. yeah so after the drum slur we went into Jurassic Park yep which do you want to talk about the color <laughs> of the drink. I mean, so Dave, as we had mentioned, so, right. made a very bold declaration after or during Centimeter 21, and he said that the rest of the drinks for our shows were all going to be red. Right. And so far, I've been correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, to you, your definition of red is a, a skewed definition, but to mine, <laughs> the earlier show was orange. Right. Which, remember... Orange is made up of two colors, red and yellow. So there is red in that. So this time. This time it was red. It was red. It was clearly red. So we're not talking about the red content, but if we were just talking about the actual visual color that you see, the Seattle shows went red, (laughs) orange, red. (laughs) (laughs) And what was really exciting about this song, and it was kind of hard to see, but Melissa, the tour manager, she comes out right before Hawkeye comes out with the drink and the cell phone right. for Al. And she's got, and she, right. She dabs Al's face with the, the towel. And, yeah. And she was wearing our shirt. Oh, that was so cool that she it, was wearing our shirt. And it's hard like, because her back's to the audience. But luckily, being on Jim's side, I kind of was at the angle where I could see, see her, her approaching. towards Al. And right. she was wearing, and, and she did have a, a hoodie, so it wasn't, you know. Super evident, but we knew she was wearing one, and just knowing that she, you know, appreciated the shirt and she was wearing it, it meant so much. Yeah, it, it, it was really, really cool. It, it really, yeah, means so much to us that you come out and just wear a shirt and support us like that. That's absolutely amazing. And yeah. she's she's such a sweetheart. We absolutely, yeah, we absolutely adore Melissa. Yeah. So 
that might be my pick of the night or pick of the show <laughs> because that was really cool for me to see that. I was watching uh, the background dancers because I do love what their little actions, what they do. Oh, in, yes. In, in uh, Jurassic Park. I don't know the name of this dance, but did you notice that Lisa was, she kind of held her nose and was... Uh, I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, during Al's kind of break segment where he does the drink and the yep. towel and stuff... I feel like a lot of the attention, at least for like the first 12 or 13 shows, <laughs> I was really watching Al because it's yeah. funny and we're looking for the color of the drink. But, you know, take a second and check out Lisa, Monique, and Scotty because yeah. what they do is really funny. Not only do they do a little bit of the dances that the T-Rexes are doing in the video, but they just they go off and they, they do really funny things during that segment. So it's one of those things where it's like literally you see something different every time and yeah. you know your 15th show you notice her doing that thing i don't maybe it was her first it, time doing it, it, it yeah i mean it, it was uh, the first time i've noticed i've doing, noticed her doing other things you know, yeah like, uh, during that segment it's for me it's kind of one of those things like you know he's sitting down and, and wiping his brow and, and right. drinking the drink and checking his the cell phone but at the same time you could also be watching you know Al's gals up there, and they're doing something. So, like, I never know which one should I be watching because <laughs> they're both so entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> so after Jurassic Park was don't download this song. Yep. So okay. at the show this afternoon, there was not anybody holding up cell phone lights. Correct. This show, there was. Really? I didn't two notice that. Two people by me were holding up cell phone lights. Were the two people next to you? or No. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine they're like the grumps the whole show, but then they're standing up waving their cell phone during that. No, there were, there were two people uh, by me waving their cell phone. Oh, that's great. So that was really cool. That's it great. Was cool. So I it's possible that. that we just didn't see people in... Because I was, again... In and the balcony key. could have been doing it. Right. I was, I was actually... It, it was kind of interesting because... Right where my row started was right where, if you were look up, was right where the balcony started. It was mm, like okay. immediately right on. I was we were actually sitting under the balcony. Yep. For this show, so it was kind of interesting. So at least back in that section, there were two people that I noticed that were waving their cell phones. That's great. Which is really cool because I did notice that the trend seems to be that for outdoor shows, like almost everybody waves their cell phones. For indoor yeah. shows, not that many, a few here and there. Yeah. So it, it was cool. As anytime I do see them, I do love to point them out because yeah. it, is, it is really cool. And as much as I love it, I am not one of those people that will do it. <laughs> I just don't want to waste my cell phone battery. Oh, I will do it. I will do it, but I will not be the only person that yeah, okay. do it. Somebody else has to start the trip. Yeah. <laughs> You're a follower when it comes to that. I'm a follower that. when it comes to that one. When Al was introducing Weasel Stopping Day, he said it a little bit differently. So I, I wrote down what he said. I wrote down a couple parts. He said that he wanted to talk about something controversial that's been on his mind. Of course, you know, he doesn't mind saying happy holidays. He said, because it works. It's fine. It's great. And it was just like, <laughs> it, he kind of went a little further with that. And I thought that was funny. You Don't Love Me Anymore. Of course, we got to see them perform that in the same venue on Friday night. <laughs> yes. And on that episode, you mentioned that Al said a very young Jim yeah. Kimo West. That's what I heard him you say. You heard him say that tonight again. I heard him say, featuring our very own Jim Kimo West. That's what I heard, too. And I think that's what he said originally on Friday as well. They sound very similar, and I had the same thought. In my mind, I clearly heard him say, a very young Jim Kimo West. But very young, very own. Yes. I'm pretty sure. I didn't remember this when we were recording 21 Centimeter. 
But remember I said, it's like, oh, I had thought that he said that. Right. But I think in the moment I realized that he said our very own. It's very possible that he said yeah. our very own. But he still said acoustic. <laughs> he clearly said acoustic. <laughs> and, of course, he did say, you know, 48 uh, members on stage. And then Al turned to Jim and he said, shall we rock this? <laughs> I've never seen him do that before. I thought that was great. Jim was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. <laughs> and I, I felt a lot better about the guitar that Al had this time. It, oh. it seemed like those cheapo ones again. <laughs> I still, it makes, it even makes more of a case that <laughs> they smashed a nicer guitar Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> they did smash a nice guitar on Friday night. I wonder if they were like, well, in case they give us that same guitar, we better go get, get an expensive <laughs> right, one to smash. Right. But yeah, definitely. That was an incredible smash, though, wasn't it? It was so it, violent. It wouldn't break, so it, it went on long, like twice as long as it normally does, and it was great. It was really kind of cool, too, because from where I was, I could see like the entire stage, and I did see uh, Monique run over and start holding Scotty and comforting her <laughs> like to protect her, which was really cool. And I did notice like his very last smash, as he smashed and it, the guitar finally did break, one piece did fly over all the way over to Jim. <laughs> yes, I noticed that. I noticed that. That was amazing. And what was really cool, spoiler alert, fast yep. forwarding, our friend Javier was the lucky recipient of the Smash guitar. That's awesome. It's so cool. That's so cool. That was so, yeah. I mean, it's so great. I mean, now that I have one, I feel like my life is complete. So <laughs> I, I can only imagine that Javier had a similar experience. And to rewind, since you fast forwarded, rewind all the way back to Friday's show. Yeah. I did notice that, I don't remember, I don't think we mentioned it, but I did notice there was a young uh, young kid that actually was carrying the guitar. Yeah, I saw, they were actually, I walked right past them. I think he was in the one of the VIP people. Okay, and oh, I saw a girl with a chunk of the guitar, and then I saw him with the, 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 the bigger majority pieces. majority yeah. the big piece of the guitar. And the pieces did look more solid than <laughs> than my guitar. So I think they lucked out and got an expensive smashed guitar. So I'm not sure where we are on the timeline, but maybe our time traveler can help us. But let's fast forward to the point of the show where we do talk about the oboe solo. The oboe solo! And Dave, I know you don't like when I say this. I know you don't believe me, but <laughs> on shows where there's You Don't Love Me Anymore, Al does the separate thing, the separate solo than the bass solo and he does an orchestra solo rather than, than the bass solo is what you're saying and okay. it, my, the my, so my theory has been 100 percent true just like my theory about the color of the liquids <laughs> you're right <laughs> you do believe that it's the same <laughs> we do oh. have the name of the oboe oh, we're, gonna, we're gonna spoil that one too <laughs> do we want to i mean we well, we did mention his name yesterday, right? We knew it was Logan, or at least I knew it was you Logan. Knew it was you Logan. thought it was Lauren. I knew it was Logan. I did. We'll wait. We'll, we'll show, wait until I, the vamp. No, we've already teased it. Let's no, it no. Again. I think people need to wait. You need to wait, listener, who's listening right now. I will say I did clearly see the person who stood up this time. I could not see them at all. So, but I did on see. On Friday, I did not see them. Where I was sitting, Eric was blocking my view of the oboe player. This evening, I did see the oboe player, oh, good. clearly. So, I, I could not see. So if you want to wait to tease who this oboe player was, let's do that. Well, maybe what we can do is we can offer our <laughs> listeners to cover their ears, and we could say the name, and then you know, if they don't want to be spoiled, they don't have to be. 
I don't want to tell our listeners not to listen. No, but just for a second. <laughs> All right. Everyone, just cover your ears for five seconds. Right. Ready? And then come back. It was Lynn manuel Miranda. All right, you can start listening again. Okay, so those of you who didn't want to be spoiled, uh, hopefully all of you didn't want to be spoiled, we will repeat the name later on. Yes. The oboe player. Oboe soloist. (laughs) (laughs) So then we got Tacky, which, you know, especially in this venue is so great because Al can actually move around. Some of those venues are very difficult for Al to go deep into the audience because it's just how they're set up. But this one has a long, straight, open aisle, and again, Al was able to go right down it, right out into the lobby. And again, he started interacting with the ushers, which was great. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, of course, on the way up the aisle, he was sitting on people's laps. He was dancing on the chairs. He gave some guy a high five, which was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, he we went out and the, and the ushers were... And then at this point, the ushers have caught on to what's happening. Right. So, all, so he went out and there were three of them standing they there were all waiting ready. for him. They were waiting. And they were dancing and it was yeah. great. <laughs> And the best thing, so we had talked to JW before yeah, in between this the shows, show, yeah. in between the shows, and we mentioned to him, we're like, hey, you know, we were hoping you were going to do more Pratt Falls. And he's like, oh, you know, we only did it because there were some heavy hitters in the audience Friday night. Yeah. He mentioned, you know, Chris Ballou from President's United States of America. And, and we're like, but we love it. He's like, oh, sorry. You know, we decided we we're only going to do it that one time. But I kind of decided, you know, just in case... You know, because we JW was wearing the Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast logo T-shirt. Yes. Uh, I was like, I'm just going to film just in case. And sure enough, JW is back, and Al punched him in the face, <laughs> and he went flying. He was wearing a sweatshirt, but at least I know deep down under that sh- sweatshirt, he was wearing a Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast logo And again, t-shirt. another example <laughs> for Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast gives a suggestion, and somebody decides to take that suggestion That's and right. use it in the show. That's right. And we also had suggested that they continue playing Harvey, the Wonder <laughs> Hamster, and they did not disappoint. They took our suggestion, and they played Harvey the Wonder <laughs> Hamster again. <laughs> <laughs> that was really cool because by me, uh, the people really got excited. Like when I was doing his introduction, like I'm going to play this song that, you know, I really was saving it for, you know, the. F- I f- love f- hearing f- people f- whisper. And people were like, oh, oh my God, what's he going to do? They were getting really excited. And then as soon as Harvey the Wonder Hamster started, they just burst out laughing because <laughs> <laughs> they realized, oh, I thought this was going to be something else. Right. In their mind, they had built it up that it was going to be, like, I don't know, Albuquerque or something, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> like an extended version of Albuquerque or, you know. The 27-minute right, version. Or something. They were loved it and they were laughing. It I don't really remember cool. which show it was, but I did hear someone confidently whisper when Al, you know, starts this, you know, the shtick about it. They're like, it's going to be a hardware store. <laughs> <laughs> right, because, exactly. Yeah. It's, like, it's like some song that like people like have been wanting to hear forever. Yeah. Or, it's just, or just some <laughs> classic that, like, oh, he'll never play that, you know? I'm sure the one Weird Al fan out there who loves Harvey more than any other song, can you just imagine? I love Harvey. I mean, I love Harvey. It's not my number one favorite song. But if that was your number one favorite song, you would you would expect you would never hear it live. That's true. Can you imagine coming to the show blind and getting that song? How amazing that would be. 
Yeah. <laughs> can imagine that. Good. <laughs> I'm glad your imagination's working, Dave. <laughs> so then we had Jackson Park Express, and I could hear Al's gals really well during this song. And yes, uh, you know, I I, I love. I, I mean, their vocals are so beautiful that you know, I, any song where they're featured and you can hear them well is a favorite for me. <laughs> I did write down some notes, and I'm trying to translate them right now. But in the line I can, read, says, that. I can says, read it for you. It says, <laughs> cow fence your. <laughs> Does it? It looks like it says, cow fence your. <laughs> well, <laughs> it says, cauterize your teardrops oh. with an arc welder. And the reason I wrote that line down is because the people around me found that line to be absolutely hysterical and yeah. could not stop laughing after he said, Carterize your teardrop with the Mark Welder. Yeah, it seems, you know, it seems like that song is not one of the more familiar songs to people in the audience because every time I hear that song, people are laughing at all the one liners in the song. And, you know, like, yeah. I remember, you know, there was a 12-year-old girl or, you know, a very young girl next to me for one of these shows. And when he, he said, like, when he says, like, I want you inside me, I heard the little girl gasp, like, oh! and then he's like, like a tapeworm. And she's like, oh. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I love it. I mean, you know, everything that Al wants, he, you know, the emotional roller coaster that he, he set up when he wrote that song absolutely takes place in the audience and it's really great to hear those genuine reactions from the crowd i mean we're jaded we've heard that song a million times but it's really great to watch people experience it and really get it yes absolutely and since you brought up the whole time thing uh, about you know in the the two times in the Biggest ball of twine that we yeah. should be listening for. I don't know if you noticed that everyone, of course, knows about Al's favorite number, right? Twenty-seven, right? Well, did you notice that? Of course, in the Biggest Ball of Twine, he's singing about his fifty-three DeSoto, and in this song, he has him get off at Fifty-third Street. Hmm. So is fifty-three a number that we should be looking for in more Al? Well, if you add twenty-seven and twenty-seven, you get fifty-four. Yes, I know that. So maybe Al also likes... 53? Well, I was going to say the negative one. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to point that out that two songs both mentioned the number 53, and they were both performed on the Strings Attached Tour. That's a new Al number, I think, is 53. Yeah, just like uh, 639 and 737. That's right, 53. Mm. We're going to have to get a tattoo of all the numbers. <laughs> and we just get every number from zero to infinity. And then whenever Al mentions it in a song, we'll just like get a tattoo circle around it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I noticed again Monique's face when he says, I like your boobs is just amazing. Yeah, I'm So gonna you got to watch for that. For that. <laughs> so then we got into the first video of the night, first non- during the performance video of the night. And I don't know if this was just where I was sitting, but the bass, like the subwoofer, oh, was, I heard that too. was yeah. intense yeah. during epic rap battles. It was like I could really feel it. It was like really pushing me into yeah. the seat. But I did notice 
you know, I expected, you know, in this time off they had, the two hours between shows, <laughs> that they would have edited the video and changed effect to effect, but they did not. Yeah, that's the one thing that I'm surprised at because of how many suggestions they've taken from David's Weird Al podcast and they've incorporated those into the show. This is the one suggestion that they don't seem to be taking from us. Just We've even this. added it as a segment to our centimeter episodes to remind everyone who's listening that it's wrong and it needs to be fixed. Yeah, so it is something, I mean... And I personally have consolidated my message to remove feeling that the capital guy, you know, of course, the last centimeter I revealed that I am okay with guy being capitalized. I've resolved that within myself. I was the bigger person and I, I, I just accepted that, okay, that's fine. That is not a word crime that is acceptable. And I think it's time that they that somebody the video. in Alice Cam stands, steps up and, and fixes that G- suggestion yes. from Dave Nathan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast. This show, this tour, this video clip is amazing. It would be even more amazing if they spelled effect correctly. Yeah, and it has a real negative <laughs> effect on me when I watch that video. Unless it's a reference to word crimes. It yeah, but still, it should be fixed. Yes. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> the song that Seattle was looking forward to. <laughs> I almost, you know, I mean, they, the, the orchestra is practiced and, you know, they, they do this in, in uh, the same order every night. But wouldn't it have been interesting if they switched up the order to put Smells Like Nirvana last because that is the Seattle song? Like, what if they swapped it with Amish Paradise and just did that one last and, and did you know, the Amish vamp as the Nirvana vamp. Like, That'd be cool. Wouldn't that have been Nirvana cool for, you know, yeah. specifically for Seattle, I feel like they could have had that big energy they get for Amish Paradise at the end with this song. Yeah, I mean, That would have been interesting. I, yeah. I mean, I knew it wouldn't happen, but... Yeah, that, that, that would have been a, a cool uh, choice. That is one thing about this tour, which, I mean, the set list is wonderful. I don't know, they're, they're not, they rely on the video clips to transition near the end, you know, to do costume changes right. and stuff. However, both Amish Paradise and Smells Like Nirvana have costume changes and video clips before them. So unless there's something else going on behind the scenes that I'm not aware of, yeah, you know, I mean, there's really it, it, no reason why you couldn't change the order of those songs that require video clips. You just play the video clip package that goes with that particular song. In yeah, I mean, order. obviously I'm sure it's a lot more complicated than it, it seems because they got to test it and, and run through but that would have been cool that you know that could have been a cool yeah. thing if there was more flexibility in the set list yep absolutely amazing cheers as soon as the song started again the fog was absolutely insane you know i i mean i, I feel like the first two shows at this venue <laughs> had extra fog this one was even more it this was one must have been so like, much like, fog you know we bought all this fog juice let's just burn use it, it all up, up. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. And the strobe lights, there were even like extra like strobe lights in this song. It was really cool. You know, it's hard to gauge, but I felt like it got the biggest cheer out of all three shows. This was like the big cheer. Yeah, the you big know. culmination of everybody yeah. was just like, this is it. This is the yeah. last time we're going to get to see this song performed on this tour in this city. Yeah. Let's do it. I did notice uh, one thing, which is a minor thing, is that usually Al falls in the center of the stage. Right. He kind of fell a little bit off to Steve's side. Hmm. 
you know, at the end of the song, you know, when he falls down and he's you know, doing the yada yadas and all that stuff. And then I did notice that, you know, Al's gals, they do throw their pom-poms at Al. And they usually throw it towards the center of the stage where Al is. He wasn't in the center of the stage. So one of the pom-poms, I don't remember which Al gal threw it, but, you know, it didn't land anywhere near Al. It landed <laughs> in the center of the stage. So Monique actually bent down, picked it up, and then threw it oh, onto wow. Al, right on his, on his I face. I didn't notice that. That's so it was, great. It was kind of cool. It was like, like, oh, you're not getting away. We're covering you with these <laughs> pom-poms. <laughs> I love it. I did notice that for the first time at the Paramount Theater, this tour, Al used a black drinking yes, cup. he did use a black drinking cup. I would love to have a black drinking cup in my collection. <laughs> that would have been cool. So he tossed it in the audience, and the guy who caught it, I saw him majestically reach his hand up like to show everyone he caught it. Oh, nice. Which was really like cool. Like catching a foul ball at a baseball right, game. Right, right. It's like, I'm the guy who caught the ball. <laughs> yes, it was great. So then I had a question. Yep. During the Naked Gun clip, Al's walking off the airplane. Yep. Is that Victoria Jackson to his right? Or to his left, our right? No. Look next time. I mean, we could easily <laughs> look up a clip, but save it for when we're in, <laughs> in Vancouver. <laughs> okay. It looks like he's walking off the plane with Victoria Jackson right next to him. I've never noticed that before, and I've never heard Victoria Jackson being in the movie. It's such um, a brief second thing, but it just like it clicked in my head like, is that Victoria Jackson? So I'll, if it's not her, it's someone who looks like her. I will look. I could be wrong, but I don't ever remember hearing that Victoria Jackson was in that movie. And I feel like I would have. I've seen that clip. Yeah. Dozens of times. We do. We do. <laughs> so that's why I was. So, it, so it, it I, I feel me. like I would have noticed that before. And I also feel like it would have been mentioned before. And I've just never heard it mentioned before. I mean, even outside of Al Circles, it would have been mentioned before. So that's a great question. And I guess we'll have an answer on our next bonus centimeter episode in Vancouver. So there was something very troubling Uh-oh. about Dare to be Stupid for this performance. And I want to know if you caught it. I have a lot of notes about there to be stupid, but I don't see None of them are troubling. troubling. Okay, no. well, go through your notes, and then if you don't mention the troubling thing, I will bring it up. <laughs> okay, sure. First of all, I did notice at the beginning of Dare to be Stupid, everyone was clapping along, which I thought was really cool. Did you think that was troubling? I did not find that troubling Okay, at all. okay. Another thing I thought was just really cute is... Sitting directly in front of us was what I'm assuming is a family, you know, a mother, a father, and a young child, a young little girl. She had to be maybe 8 to 10 years old. How dare you assume that a mother and a father would bring their child to the show? That child could have come on their, their own. Well, that child was also sitting in this gentleman's lap, so they made me feel like there was a relationship what? between I feel like you're, you're, you're stretching, Dave. Anyway, what was this is a really I find that troubling that you this is a really cute cute moment. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Don't try to ruin it. So now I want to ruin it. (laughs) If you don't say "aw" at the end of this, okay, 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 okay. okay. So I'll say it regardless now, (laughs) (laughs) just to just to save face (laughs) from our audience. (laughs) So I know you do this, but during the part where Alex goes, "Can I have a volunteer?" She raised her hand uh, unprompted, and her dad kind of looked at her and was like, gave her a smile and gave her a little hug. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Do you raise your hand for volunteer? I do not raise my hand for volunteer. Why not? 
Um, because I don't want to volunteer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I also really enjoyed the, the strobe lights on this song, and I love that when Al said, I can't hear you, the crowd just got much louder. Yeah. <laughs> the next, next year to be stupid. <laughs> and that's all I have, and I didn't find any of that troubling. Well, there was something very troubling. You know what my favorite part of the song is, right? Yes. What is that? <laughs> what is that part? That is when he does the, the hand signals for spitting on, on a fish. He didn't do the hand signal for <laughs> spitting on a fish. He did barking up a tree, but he didn't do it. So I was the only person in the venue. I had to pick up the slack for Al. I had to do the spitting on the fish all by myself. <laughs> Good thing I remembered. I didn't have a visual cue. <laughs> I was very troubled by that. <laughs> I can understand why that's troubled. It's my favorite part <laughs> of the song. <laughs> yes. You know, luckily I was there. I, I was there to back up Al. <laughs> Do it. I, I think that uh, Al enjoys having uh, super fans in the audience. Just in case <laughs> there's a moment where something is not quite right, he can look out in the audience and be like, ah, that's what I'm supposed <laughs> to be doing. <laughs> I, I, he goes, I know I'm supposed to be doing something on the spitting on a fish line. I'm not exactly sure what. There's Ethan. I'll yep. just watch him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what I should be doing. So do you do any hand movements or any kind of fan participation during Dare to be Stupid? No. You don't? Okay. You don't do the hand raise. You don't do the spitting on the fish. No. You don't do the barking up the tree. You don't do the, the hand that feeds you. you know. no, I sit there very quietly with my hands <laughs> underneath, my, underneath my legs, and I do not move a centimeter. I, in fact, my process for Dare to be Stupid is a little more of the robotic, as in I'm just sitting as still as possible than I am in trying to interact. No, right. I, I, I do. I, uh, I enjoy this. I enjoy the song, and uh, but I don't participate in any audience participation. I, so okay. So I, you know, I understand you don't want to do those. I want to make a case for an audience participation that I think you should take part in. It's very easy. At the <laughs> end of the song, Al does a salute, a very fast salute, and you know, Al is doing it, and I think that it's something that the audience should have picked up on. And I do it now, and it's, it adds a lot to the song. And so, Dave, I, I would, you know, just a request from me to you, I would like you to start saluting Al at the end of the song. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. I, I did not tell the truth when I said I do absolutely nothing during the audience participation or day to be stupid. Okay. When Al does say, I can't hear you, I do yell louder. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I always respond when, you know, for that last part. But. Some, yes. Um, uh, the salute, I don't know. I will gauge the crowd. Try it out. I, I, you know, I tried out last show the uh, arm waving during the first. That is true. Uh, next time I'm sitting next to you at a Weird Al concert, <laughs> <laughs> I will do the salute. If he plays, if he performs, dare to be stupid. Okay. <laughs> Just remind me. Good enough. Good enough. All right. <laughs> White and Ernie. Did you notice that when Al came out on the Segway, he was kind of bopping up and down? <laughs> I didn't, I've never noticed him doing that before. I wonder if just because he got so comfortable in the venue, you know, you know, being the third show in the venue, he's just like he was just having extra fun, you know, mixing it up a little bit. I didn't notice that, but it certainly it certainly seems like something I would do. Yeah, <laughs> it was really funny. I did notice that this song did get a ton ton of cheers. Yeah, it, it is an awesome song. It is a fan favorite. And one other thing I did notice is that this is not the little girl and her father and the, and what I'm assuming is 
the little girl's mother family, but this was a, a different family that was sitting, I think, two rows in front of us. After White and Erdy, the whole entire family got up and left. <laughs> Were they white and nerdy? Were they offended? <laughs> well, well, see, I kind of figured, I was like, oh, why are they leaving? And then I kind of looked at the time, and at that time it was a couple minutes till 10, and I was wondering if maybe it was getting past these kids' bedtime. And in my mind, the story that I put together is that mom and dad were like, okay, it's it's almost your bedtime. We have to go. And the kids convinced mom and dad, oh, can we at least stay until they perform white and nerdy? <laughs> <laughs> and that's what happened. They performed white and nerdy. They were thrilled. Mom and dad said, all right, let's go home, get your kids to bed. That, I have no idea if that happened. But in my mind, that's the story I wrote. I like that. I like that. I did notice Lisa Popiel doing a funny dance during white and nerdy. I think it's like an intentionally nerdy dance. She kind of dances with her she grabs like the front of her hips and like dances. <laughs> uh, so watch for that. That's, okay, that's I'll, I'll look for that. Let's move on to Amish Paradise. I was very pleased to see Jim do the swirly thing for <laughs> Ezekiel thinks that my mind is gone. I wonder if that's a new mainstay. I wonder if that's something we can eventually stop reporting on. It seems like Jim's been consistently doing it for the last couple I've shows. I always kind of thought he's always done that. So the fact I think the the anomaly is the times he doesn't do it. Well, so I guess we'll keep reporting that. <laughs> I was glad to see that most people were waving in all three verses. Oh, really? Uh, I didn't. Yeah, at least I, what, around the, me now there the were first, not. Now the first verse was people here and there. It wasn't like you know a full audience participation. The second verse was literally everyone. It, literally everybody in the entire theater, except for the two people sitting directly next to us. <laughs> <laughs> they did not wave their arms. Oh, and the people who left. Well, they weren't in the theater, so they don't really count. Okay. <laughs> and the people performing on stage didn't move their arms. And they were in the, in the second theater. verse. Al was moving his arms. Yeah, but like you know, the the people in the orchestra oh, well, and, and yeah. the band members who are playing instruments, it's kind of hard for them to wave their arms. Everybody on our side of the stage. I didn't see a security guard waving his arms. You weren't looking hard enough. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then the third verse, majority of the people were waiting. I was very surprised was, at how many was, people were doing it, it for it, the third. And then I did want to point out a couple things is that there is one line in the song which Al does a very suggestive move, and that is during churning lots of butter. And let me just say, he usually you know does some suggestive move during that. He was really doing it over the top. I love <laughs> that time. part. So that I, I, I do, enough that I did notice it out. I and do it, audience participate in that. <laughs> I love that part. And you haven't been thrown out of the theater yet. I haven't. <laughs> And I did also notice that I felt like Al's gal's microphones were turned up a bit for this because I did hear I the, heard, the ahs. I heard the them end. especially yeah. well. I, I wrote yeah. that down too. Yeah. All right, so now we came up to the Amish vamp or the Nirvana vamp, if you want to call it. <laughs> if in the alternate timeline when the alternate they switched timeline. it. And we did mention this person's name earlier in the episode, the special guest for the... But you didn't hear it because you were plugging so you your were, ears. If you were plugging your ears and you did not hear, we were very, very thrilled that we did hear this person's name clearly. And of course, it was Logan Esterling. Yes, Logan Esterling. You know, we weren't totally sure about his name after the Friday show, but we heard it loud and clear well, we heard it enough tonight that we were able to Google. <laughs> I, I typed in Logan Oboe Seattle, <laughs> and Google suggested Logan Esterling, 
like before I even hit search. <laughs> so he must be making a name for himself in the world of oboe. Student at University of Washington. Washington. So really great for him for getting to play with Weird Al Yankovic. That's a great thing for him. Yeah, to you know, resume. Yeah, I mean, young guy still. So that's that's super cool. I mean, his career can only go up from here, <laughs> or down from here, I should say. <laughs> and so Jim and Ruben both, you know, lifted their hats at the end. And Steve, you know, we're we're wondering about the new beard because after the early show, he didn't yank the beard, but he lifted the hat. He didn't. Lift the hat or yank the beard. Whoa, maybe he got a new hat. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> or I was thinking maybe the beard is attached to the hat. I don't know. Oh. Or maybe he just, you know, just forgot. Or <laughs> his hands were full. I don't know. <laughs> the Rube Emperor came out. I noticed something interesting oh. uh, during the Rube Emperor part. Yes. Well, most of the time, at the end of the you know audience wooing part, he'll point at the orchestra and they won't woo, and then he just kind of shrugs them off. He didn't point at the orchestra. That's true. I always enjoy that part, and it wasn't there. It didn't affect the enjoyment I had, but I was expecting it, so it was a different thing to yeah, not see it. Definitely. The saga begins. At the afternoon show, the uh, 501st selection was a pretty slim pickings. Right. Yes. There's only a handful of people on stage. <laughs> well, they did make it up. It was a false setup there tonight. Yeah, but interestingly, over the three shows, it was still different. It wasn't the same for any of no, them. No, it wasn't. It was it was different. Uh, we had for this one we had a biker scout, three stormtroopers, Darth Vader, three more stormtroopers, and another biker scout. I felt that the first biker scout, all the way on Jim's side, I felt it was the same one from Friday night. Because I remember we talked about them dancing really well. Yeah. And I noticed that again. Yeah. So I don't know about the other ones, but that one who made an impression on me, I felt was the same and was still dancing really great. The Friday show it had this similar lineup, but it also had the TIE Fighter pilot. And there was no TIE Fighter no pilot. Tie fighter, right. And the other thing I was thinking about is it's just so funny that you know a 41-piece orchestra... <laughs> Is consistent over three shows, but you know, a handful of <laughs> Star Wars guys. Five of first guys. Well, it could be that it could be that they not maybe they were inconsistent on purpose to give more people in the five of first an opportunity to perform with. Yeah, them. that that is a good point. Or it could have been a scheduling thing. Yep. You know, maybe the Tie Fighter pilot just you know had something going on Saturday night. Maybe he was um, uh, working on his Tie Fighter. <laughs> yeah, he was, you know, protecting the Death Star. <laughs> no, but I thought it's always more fun when it's a fuller lineup of uh, Star Wars yeah. folks. And again, they were all uh, pretty enthusiastic. Yes, stage, yes. Which was really cool. And did you notice that when Al said, and that's where we found this boy, somebody in the audience, or majority of the people in there just yelled, woo! And Al just kind of paused at that point. It was really cool. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that there was a pause before the first chorus yeah. so i didn't hear the people woo i don't it know if it might was have been back yeah by me but, so i, but I don't know but it, it, yeah there was like a little a bit more of a pause. pause yeah and then there was no trooper boop from steve correct however i don't know if you caught this but there was a hawkeye boop really yeah when hawkeye went out to get the stool he had to boop a stormtrooper out of the way <laughs> to go get this. So I, I was, I was hoping you caught that because I know you're such a fan of of the trooper boop from I, Steve. Yeah. Uh, so and I was like, oh, what a rare trooper Steve, boop! But there was a there was a nice Hawkeye boop, which was which was really cool. So I, I'm kind of disappointed that you didn't get to see that. <laughs> right. 
So there was something that I, I noticed, and it's random, and I, I don't always write it down, but sometimes I'll hear Al pronounce a word oddly or, you know, very different than normal. And during Saga, when he pronounced the folks were croaking, I heard him pronounce the L in folks. He said a <laughs> lot of folks were croaking. I just heard that L very prominently, and I, huh. I, I thought that was interesting. Okay, good observation. <laughs> he doesn't usually pronounce the L that strong. I don't know. No, I agree. I mean, that's kind of something I'll do for fun. When I say words, I'll pronounce, you know, silent letters prominently just, just for fun. It sounds funny. Like uh, like Stewie on Family Guy, cheese who is. Yeah, <laughs> whiz. Yeah. No, there's one. A cool whip. Whip, yes. <laughs> so I, I just, I think that was great. I don't know if that was on purpose or, or what, but I, yeah, I liked it. I did enjoy how uh, upset Ruben got at during the Mexican hat dance at the end of the clapping. <laughs> yeah, he, that's one of my. I mean, that is. I love this. That's one of my like favorite moments at the end of the show. Is just watching to see how is Ruben. The Emperor going to <laughs> annoy the audience yes. and, and trick them. And how annoyed is he going to get <laughs> when they don't? I do want to mention for our, our folks playing at home, Al did sing to the middle Stormtrooper on the Steve side. So the second one from Vader. Very important. We need to fill out that. Yes. yes. So then we came to the last song. I think this was a new one. I don't know if I've ever heard this one before. Yeah, it was definitely a, an interesting one. I think he might have written it just for this tour. Yeah, it came out just for this tour. And I think it's based on um, like a Star Trek character. Yeah, Doctor Who or something. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a Cyberman, like a, a Dalek thing. Yeah. Yeah, but it's called, uh, uh, it's like yoga or something. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know, Yo, Yoda. I don't Yoda, know. yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> so Yoda was great. I mean, I, I love singing along to that song, and Al did tell us to do it better. Uh, <laughs> and we did it better. We did. <laughs> it, was, it was so cool because, like, I pointed out, you know, Dare to be Stupid, where, you know, he says, I can't hear you. And people were people louder. People really were louder. And this one, he said, do it better. And the Seattle audience stepped up and did it better, like audibly better. It was really cool. It was great. Yeah. And then we got confetti. Yes, we got a nice uh, confetti. And I was far enough back that I did not get sprayed with confetti. This I time. was close enough. I, I was kind of far on the side, so I wasn't sure I was going to get any, but I, I got plenty. <laughs> I, got, I got hit with a, a big chunk. It wasn't a, a chunk like it was the early show, but I, a, a bunch came towards me, so it was great. Yeah, so then almost immediately after we, we headed out to the bus just to kind of hang out, right? And there were a couple <laughs> a couple interesting things. There were a lot of actual fans hanging out by the bus. Um, there was a, a gentleman that was leaving through the backstage door, and he was uh, carrying an instrument you know, or an instrument case with him, and he was walking out, and somebody said, hey, are you the conductor? <laughs> and he's like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, are you got- the conductor? And he's like... He's holding no. like a trombone case. Like a no, it was, very... it was a clarinet. Oh, it was. Uh, okay. it was it, and so he goes, I play the clarinet. <laughs> and so they're like, oh, okay, well, can we have your autograph anyway? And he's like, 
sure. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that they gave him a piece of sheet music to sign yep. uh, that they got at a previous show. He's like, I'm not on that. <laughs> Thinking it was like a program or something. You know? right. And then he goes, oh, it's the sheet music. He goes, oh, okay, cool. He says, and he signed his name right by right. The, the clarinet line on the sheet music. So it's great. So it was kind of cool. But I, I did... Uh, find that that particularly funny but we did see a whole bunch of people out by the the bus we did run into lisa yeah of course we got to see our friend lisa popeel um it's always great seeing her and got to talk to her a little bit and what was actually really interesting and i don't think we mentioned this is kenneth's wife erin actually knows lisa they met in sweden at a conference so that's so cool. <laughs> uh, what are the odds? So it was it was great. So uh, we talked to Lisa a little bit, and then she wanted to go in and, and see uh, Aaron and Kenneth. So yeah, she was wearing our podcast. She was not our, the second time, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Now she had a button up. Forget I strings said that. attached to her shirt. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping that we could get a picture of her wearing it. Maybe we'll have a chance in Canada. Steve J came over. Steve came over, which was great. Yeah, well, Steve came over. He signed some autographs, and we did get to give Steve his podcast shirt. Yeah, so that was nice. We did notice that Philo was loading up his <laughs> instruments. <onto laughs> who his we call truck. Philo? <laughs> the guy who looked like Philo from UHF, the percussionist that we noticed in all three of these shows. So we did go over, and uh, we wanted to uh, to thank Philo for. Uh, <laughs> for you know, the show and get a picture with him because in our minds he looks a lot like Philo. And yeah, so... And so we, we, we introduced ourselves. Well, we, we, no, not we. Okay. Uh, we started walking over. Fine. And I was like, you're going to go talk to him? And, and you said no and you made me go talk to him. <laughs> I think you were afraid of him turning into an alien or <laughs> setting up a camera or something. <laughs> no, but so they were loading up the car and like, hey, can we get a picture when you're done? He's like, Sure. He was really nice. <laughs> and you made a great observation about the percussionists and their post-show uh, <laughs> procedure. So <laughs> this kind of goes a little bit back to the, the gentleman who had left with the clarinet. He basically puts his clarinet you know, in, in the case, <laughs> packs up, walks out, and he's home. And he's right. gone. Meanwhile, the percussionists, they're... Dragging out, you know, drums and 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 uh, gongs and all these various, you know, percussion pieces and xylophones, their, and xylophones, and, and they and they're trying to like put them in the back of. The, all right, so Philo's real name is Paul. Yes. So even Paul told us that this kind of after each show that they perform, it's kind of like a Tetris to to get all these pieces. Did into he say the, musical Tetris? Music, yeah, musical, musical Tetris, Tetris. To, to get everything into this car. So they have a like a they have to like kind of bring things out in the correct order so that they can put them in the car in the correct order, you know, to, to get everything packed in. And it takes them, I and mean, we were waiting, watching him uh, for a good, I don't know, 10, five, ten, five, ten, ten minutes. Ten, ten minutes. Yeah. And, and it was interesting was like, to watch. It was kind of like, it was, yeah, it was very fascinating to watch, and, and I'm glad Paul let us, you know, kind of watch <laughs> him do this. But And it, it was, was also, like, it was Paul and two other yeah, percussionists. Two other percussionists who were Loading him. two cars. <laughs> so it was like, like, like three guys running around loading these cars. I was like, how easy does it have do some of these people in the orchestra have like i can imagine like the, somebody in the playing the piccolo right. just like all right kind of puts it sticks it behind their ear all right walks out <laughs> meanwhile the percussionist is carrying pieces and, and setting up playing 
musical Unscrewing Tetris with his yeah. you know, disassembling things. Hearing symbols. So I, I didn't <laughs> notice that different uh, instrumentalists in the orchestra <laughs> have, have, have entirely different days. Yes, yes. <laughs> different to set up. And, and imagine, right, because everything he did to take it down, he had to do all that to set it up. Right, yeah. He's like, you know, he's parked in the middle of the road and he's got the flashers on and people are driving around him. You know, it's... <laughs> Meanwhile, like, you know, the piccolist shows up, you know, five minutes before <laughs> rehearsal starts. Right. Where's my seat? <laughs> Where am I sitting today? Great. All right. <laughs> Performance. All right. Home. And I was saying, some of these orchestra members are probably already home in bed. Right. <laughs> asleep by the time uh, Paul and his friends get done, or his, uh, his co-workers get right. done uh, loading up the percussion instruments. So, but it was really nice. You know, yeah. he was friendly. He kind of was talking to us as he was loading it. And uh, we got to get a picture with all of them. Yeah, it was really, uh, really it was, cool. Yeah, it was it really fun. And, fun. and we gave him and the other two percussionists our card. And we, we said it would be really cool to talk to them yeah. for the podcast. Yeah. It would be great to talk to someone who looks like Philo, one. <laughs> but two, got to perform with Elle not once, but three times. Yeah, in like uh, almost a 24-hour span, which is really, yeah. she's really cool. Yeah, which that there's not another. Well, there's. 40 other people. <laughs> well, that's true. But there, you know, there's not another show with or orchestra that has yeah. that situation. So, so after we uh, were done with uh, hanging out with the percussionists, we went back to the buses and we uh, did get to see Scotty. Yeah, it was great to see Scotty. Seemed like she intentionally came over to see us. I, I don't know if uh, Lisa told her we were out there, uh, but she came over and she was chatting with us for a little bit. And there were a couple people waiting who were also singers. So um, yeah. they were so- talking with Lisa when she was out, and they were also talking to Scotty about yeah. about that. And Scotty said something really interesting to someone else, and this is something that I uh, wasn't aware of. Her father worked with Al on the orchestration for Spy Hard. Yeah, I didn't know that either. That's really cool. It was really cool. So wish he was around for us to interview because spy hard is one of my all-time favorite weird al songs yeah it sounds amazing with the when the orchestral version it is one song that i am missing on this tour and i wish that he would have done and maybe he didn't feel like it had the appeal that uh i don't think he even thought about it really yeah i think he had thought about it i think he maybe just felt it didn't have the mass appeal that that's true would would need that's true that you know it was maybe a little bit too obscure for tour but yeah, yeah, it, and and knowing the set list, it would it would be hard to cut any of those out. Yeah, it would. Have, it, you would know, it, so it would have been. Yes, it's it, a hard decision. It, it was a hard decision, and uh, we did also get to see Eric Roth again, which was really cool. To get was to talk great. to him for a while. It was great, and we got to get him a shirt. Yep, and it's always. I, I mean, yeah, we talked I, to him I for a couple Eric. minutes, right? And he had some friends he had to get back to, so uh, he he did head out. But we did also see Bermuda. Yeah, so as it was you cool mentioned see, earlier in the episode. as I ruined <laughs> earlier. Uh, no, it was great to see Bermuda and uh, chat with him for a little bit. It's always a pleasure, and uh, got to wish him a happy birthday yeah. the day before well, his he's, birthday. He's like, I'll come back in forty five minutes when it really is my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Which is cool. Um, so it's always it was always a lot of fun. And at that point, there was still a reasonable size group of fans out waiting by the yeah. bus. And we kind of had told them that, yeah, we have no idea if Al's coming out. It's going to be hit or miss. So it's up to you guys if you want to stay. You're probably going to wait at least another hour yeah. at that point. Because we kind of know how long these VIP sessions go. 
And plus, you know, it's not a guarantee that Al right. comes out to the bus. I mean, he's a busy guy. He's trying to preserve his voice. He's, you know, they need to get on the road. He needs to get to bed. And not only that, but you, you weren't near the artist bus. So if he walked out, he wouldn't even be like walking by. He would have to intentionally come over. You would have seen him walk about, well, the width of a, of a city sidewalk. So 10 feet, maybe, you know, to the bus. Yeah. Which might have been enough for them, which I don't know, but... It seemed like they wanted autographs and pictures and stuff. So we did let them yeah. know that this would could be the situation. We made a decision not to wait. So yeah. we do not know if Al, at this point, if Al has come out or not. Right. He could be there so, right now. He could be there right now. Let's head over there. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's go check. Oh, wait. Frank's got the car. Ah, uh, Frank. Where are, Where is Frank? With the Red Bull and the pizza and... Is there anything else you wanted? A couple lottery tickets. Yeah, that would be nice. If we, you know, maybe you can get us some scratchers too, like the actual. How about those little pull tabs? Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, Frank should get us those. Is Frank old enough to, to participate in lottery? <laughs> in laundry? Lottery. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think I'm going to make Frank do my laundry when he gets back. Sure. Why not? <laughs> we're both wearing our podcast shirts, so we're going to need to them nice and clean for tomorrow. And that was Dave Neeson's 2000-inch Weird Al Podcast, bonus episode 23 centimeters. There is something very controversial that I do want to talk about before this episode ends. I think we need to address the elephant in the room, and that is the city we're staying in, Kent, Washington. Now, Ethan, I think you will agree that so far... Kent has treated us very well. However, in interest of being fair and balanced, we should get the opinion of a local Washingtonian. What do you think? Okay. Kent? Oh, that place is a sh- hole.